You're listening to the Living Word Church Podcast. To learn more about Living Word Church and our service times, visit us online at livingwordli.org. Today's message comes from our lead pastor, Doug Jensen. Today we're kicking off a series called Speak Life. And uh, I think it's such an important topic. And so I pray that you're encouraged and challenged here as we talk through this for the next several weeks. But a few weeks ago, I reached into my little case that I have in my bathroom, in, in the bathroom there with like, you know, shaving stuff, deodorant, all that kind of fun stuff. And I reached in to grab my razor and I instantly was in pain and I pulled my finger out and I was bleeding. And I realized what happened is, is I reached in to grab that razor and I slid my finger right across it. I know everyone's cringing and moving funnily right now, but basically I had three nasty gashes here in my finger and it was bleeding awfully. I couldn't believe how bad it was. So I kind of get that dealt with. Then the next day, I'm cutting up a pepper for myself to enjoy, and I cut my thumb, right? Like the, the very next day. And so I'm like, oh, wow, I'm going to have to start installing those child safety locks and things like that. And I thought that the cap on the razor that they give you when you buy it was to protect the razor, so it'd stay nice and sharp. It's to protect your finger. It's like, that's what that's about. Then my wife, the next day, cuts her finger cutting something. Then Wednesday, I come to staff meeting, and our worship pastor, Andrew, has his finger all tied up because he mistook his finger for a carrot. <laughs> I hate when that happens, right? And so, man, I think we all know the pain of that feeling like that razor, that sharp edge has cut us, right? And I want to let you know here in this series that our words are just the same. Our words can be just like that. It would be so stupid for me to grab the razor and slice it across my finger and wonder what would happen or grab that knife and put it toward my my thumb again. I know what's going to happen. I've experienced it before and it's going to do the same thing. And yet, isn't it funny how we struggle with our words? We know the power that they hold. We know how sharp they can be. We know that they can bring life or death, and yet we sometimes struggle to use them the right way, don't we? If you don't know that today, I want to tell you how true this is, okay? If you're here today saying, ah, I don't really believe in all that stuff, you know, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me, all that kind of stuff, okay? I want to let you know the power that is in your words. Proverbs 18, 21, Solomon tells us, the tongue has the power of life and death. I want to talk about cutting. Solomon says that it literally can lead to death. And you might say, that's a little extreme. Words can't lead to death. Oh, they can lead to death, right? I think that words have led, unfortunately, to people murdering another person. Words have led to people taking their own life at times. But I think that this death goes even deeper, doesn't it? I think that words have led to the death of relationships and reputation and opportunities and church families coming together and accomplishing the things that God wants us to do. I think it's led to the death of marriages. It's led to the death of a kid's spirit, right? And so the words that we speak are so incredibly important. And Solomon says that not only do they bring death, but they bring life. And so for all the things they bring death to, they can equally bring life. They can bring life to a person, literally and physically. They can bring life to a relationship, a reputation, an opportunity, a church family, a marriage, a a child. Such powerful things can happen with the way that we use our words. Some of you guys know this very deeply, and some of you guys still are kind of like, I don't really think this is worth two weeks of a sermon series here in church. Well, let me remind you that many of us in this room have had our lives completely altered for better or worse through the words of a coach, a parent, a child, a sibling, a spouse, a boss. It's incredible the power that our words truly hold. Some of you guys are saying, I, I, it's just not me. You know? And it really kind of does in some ways matter how we're wired with this. Um, some of us, words mean so much, and it's just the way God wired us. Others of us just don't get why others make such a big deal of words. But let me tell you 
Some of you are wired here today thinking, this, is, this message series doesn't apply to me because I don't wrestle with this. I don't struggle with this. I was talking with a friend recently, and he said, you know, I really don't think that words are that big of a deal because I assume most people are idiots. So why would I care what they think? And I'm going to be sure not to give this guy any advice anytime soon because he won't care what I think for sure. But I think some of you here today are saying, well, I don't need this series because I don't struggle with this. I want to tell you that if that's what you think, then you need this series more than anybody else. Because though you may not be impacted by people's words, people are impacted by your words. And so we've got to even more so lean into this if we're somebody who thinks this is not such a big deal. You know, if somebody had a knife in their hand, it could be deadly whether they believed it was or not, right? The same is true with our words. If somebody had the cure for cancer in their hands in a vial, it could bring life whether they believed it could or, or, or not. And it's the same is true with our words. Today... I want to focus specifically on the death that gossip brings, okay? Now, some of you guys might think, oh, isn't gossip like a little kid issue, right? I think some of us even think gossip's kind of cute, you know? It's like that cute little thing we do with our friends when we get together. I just want to see clearly with you and I here today how devastating gossip can be. Our staff's reading a book right now called Resisting Gossip, and about eight people asked me after the first service, what's the name of that book? What's the name of that book? So write that down. Resisting Gossip. As a church member, you are required to read it, not really, but yes, okay? So everybody, make sure you read this book. It's so powerful. For six weeks so far, we've been reading it and talking about it as a staff, and it's been so good because it's helped us uh, discover common language to talk about gossip. Because here's what's true about gossip. I think often it kind of feels like getting gossip under control is like trying to nail jello to the wall. Like, like how do you really nail it down? Gossip kind of encompasses this huge theme. Is this gossip? Is it not gossip? Should I feel bad about what I said? Is it okay what I said? We don't know how to define it. It's this word that just kind of lingers. We don't really see it for what it is so often. So I pray as we're here in this series that we'll really understand what gossip is and what it isn't, what qualifies as gossip, and really the damage that it can do, but also the life that could instead come as we become reconcilers and peacemakers and people who champion one another and set the record straight and stand up for one another. That's really where we're headed this week and next. And if you told me that I would be doing a series on speaking life here in November of 2022, I wouldn't have thought it would take the direction that it's taking. And so if you're like, oh, Doug, we've talked about this before in church. I think we're going somewhere a little different with this, okay? And I pray that it hits you in a new way and you're encouraged. And so I really want to define what gossip is because resisting gossip helped our team so much with this. So it's, it's, it's really three parts it's a preacher's dream because it starts with the same letter, all three parts. So what, a, what better than that, right? Three points that start with the same letter. Let's just close in prayer, right? We got this, okay? But everybody say this. I want you to say bad news behind someone's back, bad heart. Okay, so we got bad news behind someone's back, bad heart. Three easy phrases. But this really is what gossip is. It's bad news. Let's talk about that first. Bad news can just be misinformation, it can be wrong information, wrong news in that it's not truth. And sometimes gossip is lies, but sometimes it's truth. That's another thing we have to dispel here. Sometimes it's like, oh, I just said what was true. Yeah, well, that's still gossip, right? But sometimes gossip is lies. It's bad information. It's misinformation. Sometimes it's bad news about somebody, right? Oh, I can't stand her. Oh, I hate him. Sometimes it's bad news for somebody. Oh, did you hear? They're losing their house, right? Have you seen how... 
This all falls under that characteristic of bad news. Let's talk about behind someone's back. Well, that's simple, right? It's just something we shouldn't be saying about somebody behind their back. It's something we would never say with them if we were face to face. It's something, ooh, this is a big one, that we would never say to them, but we're happy to type it all over the stinking internet, aren't we? You have to be so careful with that. Bad news, behind someone's back, bad heart. It's coming out of a bad heart. They hurt me, so I'm gonna hurt them. They're angry at me, so I'm gonna become angry at them. Bad news, behind someone's back, bad heart. Now, here's the thing. If any of those three are true, it's gossip. It's not all three. It's not like, okay, I got category one and three, but I didn't do two, so it's not gossip. No, if any one of those categories, bad news, behind someone's back, or bad heart are true, then it's gossip. It's gossip, then it's going to kill. If it's gossip, it's going to bring death. It's going to destroy something that you love. It's going to destroy somebody that you love or once did love. It's going to destroy the unity of a church really quickly. You know what drives me nuts? This makes me crazy, more, almost more than anything I can think of when it comes to my job, is that there are people not sitting in the seats here today because of something that happened in the past pertaining to gossip. That makes me crazy, right? You want to talk about what we can accomplish together and the mission of God for Living Word Church on Long Island? You want to talk about what God can do in your marriage, can do in your home with your children, can do in your workplace. I had someone leave after the first service say, I'm getting that book. I'm going to talk about it with people in my workplace because there's a real problem at work for me. Secular work environment, right? What God can do in these places as we begin to just get this tongue under control. The tongue has the power of life and death. Let's use it to speak life. You're not a follower of Jesus. Don't you love that the Bible and God cares about things that are so practical? Like, this matters to God. The way that we use our mouths, gossip, like, all these things matter to God. Maybe you just thought, oh, God just cares about what I did last week, or God just cares about heaven. No, he cares about the day-to-day stuff. And there's not a person in this room or watching online that hasn't been negatively influenced by words in the last week. Right? And maybe it was you directly, or maybe it was your kid. Your kid came home crying from school because somebody said something. Or your spouse came home frustrated at work because they were doing something, and then this whole uprising came against them, and this whole department came, and, or these few friends, man, that you, that you walked in the room and everything got real quiet. That's always a fun moment, isn't it? Everybody gets quiet. It's like, well, either they're in awe of my presence, or they were just saying something about me. I'm going to go with that one, right? And so we have to be so incredibly careful about this. And I love that the Bible says this is important. And I love that God cares about this. And he cares about your marriage and he cares about our church. He cares about our unity. He cares about what non-Christians think we do, right? Isn't that a huge deal? All those Christians, do they talk about everybody or do they love everybody? Do they badmouth everybody or do they give life in the way that they speak? Are they destroyers or are they peacemakers and reconcilers, right? That stuff really matters to God and to the people who aren't in this church. You want some of them to start taking us seriously? Let's start right here. So this is a huge deal. What'd you learn about in church? Ah, how to use my words nicely. No, you learned how to be effective in the hands of God in our community and make an impact. You learned how to have a difference in your home made by the words that we speak or don't speak. How to parent in a way that's gonna honor God and raise up kids who don't have a crushed spirit. This is huge and important stuff. So Solomon, who was the wisest man to ever live, wrote as a king, a ruler, and and someone who had seen the power of the tongue in Proverbs 26. He says, like one who grabs a stray dog by the ears is someone who rushes into a quarrel not their own. Okay, So I would never grab my own dog by the ears, right? much less a stray one. My dog Chewy is a ladies' man. He's all about Kelly. right? Then it's Brim, and then Cade, Landon, and I are tied for last. Okay, 
And Chewie does loves, he's got these big floppy ears, right? Kind of like me. No, he's got these big floppy ears. They're all hairy, unlike mine. And Kelly will grab his ears and will kind of just like rub them. And he loves it. That's like his favorite thing in the whole world. And she'll stop and he'll like move his head closer. Like, come on, lady, let's keep rolling here, right? If Landon or Cater I tried that, we're getting bit, all right? It's just a whole different story when it's Brim or, or Kelly versus myself. But this is a problem for us, everybody. We're like grabbing stray dogs by the ear. How's that going to go for you? Solomon says it's like running into a conflict that's not your own, that you have nothing to do with, that you have no business being involved with, right? We have issues with this. We love to add to the drama. We love to stir it up. We love to bring a piece somebody missed. We love to bring our angle. We love to carry that offense, right? And that's a problem, isn't it? And we talk about this all the time. I remember Kelly has mentioned this many times at Deeper, but... We, uh, we get offended, we win a whole crew to our side, our spouse, our kids, our friends, right? And then we make up with the person who hurt us, but they all still hate them, right? They weren't there for the tearful cry when everything was good and, oh, I forgive you, I forgive you too, you're the best ever. And our spouse and our kids and that whole crew in the office still hates these people, right? Like we have to be so careful because there's power, uh, there's, there's death and life in the power of the tongue. Goes on. Like a maniac shooting flaming arrows of death, just picture that for a minute, you got that image in your head? Is one who deceives their neighbor and says, I was only joking. Sometimes gossip is straight up lies, right? And we lie about somebody, oh, I was just kidding, or oh, I didn't mean that, or oh, you deserved it, or that's not what I meant, or right? And so often it comes out of us and destruction is happening, right? Like a maniac shooting arrows of death. When my son Landon was two years old, he was a tough kid, man. We used to call him Landon the Destroyer. We used to nickname, or we would shorten that to LTD. It would be real quick. You'd be like, watch out, LTD's up today, man. He's a, and he was just like a brute force to be reckoned with. Like, we would play wrestle, and I'd be like, Jesus, call 911. Like, I'm in trouble right now because Landon's coming at me. Elbows, fists, like knees, he kicking. He did not care what it took. He was going to destroy, right? He just didn't understand the concept of play wrestling. And there's a video that we have of Cade 6, Brins 4, Landon's 2, and I'm sitting on the couch in our house, and, and they're all lined up on the other side of the couch to wrestle me, right? And Cade kind of runs over, and he was like 27 pounds dripping wet, you know, and he comes at me, and I just put my hand on his head, and he's swinging, and he can't even reach me, you know, and eventually I just kind of knock him off the couch, and then Bryn comes over, and she's like a little princess, like, coming over to me, and she kind of just kind of fall hugs on me, and I'm pretending how much it hurts. Oh, you're so strong, right? And then Bryn, right, gets up, and then I see Landon coming. Oh, here we go, right? And there's actually on video, Bryn is still on the couch, and I whispered to Bryn, I said, honey, Landon's in serious fight mode right now, so let's just get you off the couch before he runs at me, right? I'm warning my four-year-old about my two-year-old because Landon the Destroyer was coming, and I just want you to see the power of your words that when we gossip, right? Bad news, behind someone's back, or a bad heart, one, two, or all three of those true, we are shooting out flaming arrows like a minute. We are bringing destruction, and it is deep destruction. It is not a joke. People take their lives over this stuff. People leave the church over this stuff. People think Jesus' followers are a certain way because of this stuff. Marriages and families and kids and relationships are pushed apart because of this stuff. This is so incredibly important. Verse 20, without wood, a fire goes out, and without a gossip, a quarrel dies down. 
as charcoal to embers and as wood to fire, so is a quarrelsome person for kindling strife. It's very simple. Solomon's point is so simple. If we would stop gossiping, quarrels would die out. We've all sat around a fire at one point or another, right? I had some great epic fires at our house on our little outside fire pit this past year. We're going to about to have some really nice ones inside the fire pit. And you sit around it, right? And then you start to do this. You start to go, okay, do we add more wood or do we keep it from getting any bigger, right? Like that's a decision we make every time we have a fire. Do we keep this going or do we take the wood off or do we not add any more wood? Do we spread the, the wood and the embers out so it can die out or do we add to it, right? And guys, that's exactly the illustration here. We add wood to the fire to the, through the gossip, through the half-truth, right? Through the misunderstanding. Something I'm learning more and more as, as I do ministry for, for all these years is like, please don't comment till you know the whole stinking story, Right? Like so often, oh, well, we heard, and that person told us, and then you go and you try to reconcile, and you talk about the other side, and it's a whole different story, right? And those half-truths are wood to the fire that just cause a mess, cause that thing to grow out of control. We have to be so careful with our version, our half-truth, our, our understanding, our, that, that, that spot where we only share what makes us look good or our side look good. We have to be so careful because we're adding fuel to the fire. Verse 22, the words of a gossip are like choice morsels. They go down to the inmost parts. Solomon says that the words of gossip are kind of like tasty at first, right? That choice candy, whatever your favorite candy is. Just somebody yell out your favorite candy real quick. What do you got? Reese's, M&M's, Kit Kats. Okay, Reese's is always the right answer, by the way. But anyway, yeah, all right. So you take that choice morsel and you eat it, right? And it's good, but then if you eat too much of it or it gets down there in the wrong way, it turns on you. So back in 1984, I was on a family trip, okay? And someone bought me a bag of gummy bears, like the world's largest bag of gummy bears. And so we're on the trip and the first one tasted so good and the 10th one and the 20th one and the 31st one, they all tasted so good. And I finished the bag before we got to our travel destination and then it went down into my inmost parts, <laughs> and it turned on me. And I, in 38 years, have not eaten anything gummy-related since because of that turning on me. And that's what Solomon says our gossip is like. Man, at first it tastes so good, and then it goes down, and it turns on us. So here's the question. This is so important. I don't want to just tell you what not to do today. I want, us to help us, I want to help us discover why we do it. Why do we do it? Why, don't, why am I not more consistent in the gym? Well, that's a great question. It'd be good to really explore that and not just go, well, I just never end up there, right? I have to explore. Like, why, though? Busyness, laziness, right? Traffic, <laughs> Long Island traffic. I need a gym, like, in my basement and not, you know, 15 minutes away because it'll take me 45 around Christmas time. Like, like why? And I want to talk with you about why. Why do we do it? And Matthew Mitchell suggests these following reasons. He gives us some nicknames, okay? He says, he says some of us are the spy. We're the spy. It's a lust for power. We gossip because we want power over someone. We might not even realize that we're not all diabolical going like this, stroking a cat as we think about our plan to take over the world. But, but there's this lust for power, like, I have to know stuff before other people know it. I have to be able to share information before anybody else has shared it. I need power over this person because I don't like that person. And if I could get some inside information, then I'll be on top of that. Is it a power thing for you? 
I think, by the way, as I kind of just list these, I think we can fall into several of these categories, especially depending on what we're going through in life at any given moment. The next one is the grumbler. The grumbler, this is about jealousy. They have what I don't have. They are what I am not. So I have to tear them down. So that builds me up, and it also makes them look way worse than they are. And even if I know some stuff that's true, or even if I'm making it up, at least I get to look better in everybody's eyes. The backstabber, it's a desire for revenge. I'm only saying this because you hurt me. I'm only coming from this angle. I'm only sharing this information, true or not, behind your back, bad news, bad heart, because I'm angry at you. Anybody finding themselves there right now? The chameleon, I think this is huge. I think this is most of us who struggle with this. It's just simply the fear of men. When I'm with you, I'll have your back. When I'm with you, I'll have your back. And we change because we want to be liked so badly. I think that's a lot of us. It's fear of man. I'm not going to stop the gossip and I'm not going to uh, hold back the gossip when someone pulls it out of me. Like, does anybody have any friends that it kind of feels like your friend must have been a spy like when they were younger and did some of that torturing to get information out of people? Because aren't there certain people in your life they just, when you get around them, you can't help it, but stuff just comes out, stuff you don't even want to talk about and you leave going, why do you even share that? Fear of men. They asked for it. I gave it to them. They went fishing, and I was the fish. I was the sucker on the other end of that line, right? I just do it because I'm afraid to stand up. I'm afraid to say, I, I don't want to hear anymore, or I don't want to share anymore, or I shouldn't. So I just do. You know what, what we don't think about in that moment? Two things we don't think about. First off, all we're thinking about is the person that intimidates us or, or we're afraid to say no to. But we don't think about God, and we don't think about the person we're talking about, Right? Like, talk about fear of man. If that person was there in that moment we have this opportunity to share, well, I don't think I'd be doing it because of the fear of that person. But I'm not thinking about the fear of that person. I'm only thinking about the fear of the person sitting right in front of me that wants the information or is speaking the information. We have to be so careful. The last one he gives is the busybody. This is the saddest one to me. It's just because we're bored. It's just because we're bored. I don't have much to do, so why not destroy somebody's life with my words, Right? And so where do you find yourself in these? Are you the spy with a lust for power? Are you the grumbler that's jealous? Are you the backstabber getting some revenge? Are you the chameleon just because you're afraid to stop somebody or stop yourself? Are you the busybody escaping boredom? And again, I think we could be many of those, and I think it depends on the situation. But man, I pray that talking about this today and kind of pulling the curtain back on what it is is something that is powerful to help us really understand what's going on here. And I think, and I could be 100% wrong on this, that a little bit of the feel of the room today is because I think we struggle with this more than we realize. I think that's why some people walking out into the lobby were joking with me after the first service, like, was I blushing during the message today? I think that's why some of my hysterical jokes are falling flat today, because it's a little flat, you know? I mean, it's just some funny stuff going on, and it's like, because uh, I think God's doing this, or maybe it's just not funny, I don't know, but... I think this is something that maybe affects us more than we realize, something that maybe we like universally struggle with, that we really need to say, all right, God, I'm going to do some real x-raying of the heart. I'm going to allow you to do some real x-raying of my heart, God. The next few verses, Solomon talks about flattery and how this person who's using this flattery has an evil heart. And then down in verse 27, it says, whoever digs a pit 
will fall into it. If someone rolls a stone, it will roll back on them. I love this because it just shows us that this is a trap. Gossip is a trap. Using our words as words of death is always a trap. We, we dig a pit hoping someone's going to fall into it, and then we fall into it. We set up a stone big enough to crush someone, and then it rolls back on us. What does this look like? Well, this is you and I gossiping about somebody, and then it gets back to them, and we fall into our own pit. This is us at work or school getting a whole like uprising of people on our side, and then the stone rolls back up on us because... Our coach or our teacher or our boss found out about it and is going, what are you doing? How are you, you're causing a whole issue here. And somebody said this to me after the first service. We have like silos of people in our offices all against each other. Man, this is such a struggle for us. And then we fall into the pit and then we're crushed by it. So I want to really dig into this because again, I want you to leave here today knowing exactly what gossip is. I want you to see it so clearly. So everybody say bad news. So category one, wrong information, right? It's bad news because it's wrong information. So it's, again, it's lies, or it's sharing the details before you have them all, or it's leaving things out that makes your side look bad. Tom Constable says this, the gossiper typically uses innuendos and half-truths, and he or she distorts and exaggerates facts. Bad news, misinformation. See, don't answer because they're going to gossip. I'm telling you right now. (laughs) Bad news about someone. Bad news about someone, okay? So this is just, I don't like her. Why is she that way? Why is he like that? What, she's so ugly. He's so stupid. He's so dumb. He's so foolish. He's so fat. He's so skinny. She's so short. She's so tall. Look at her face. Look at his head, right? It's just all that like, ah, don't look at my head. I said that, and there was like quite a response there. Bad news about somebody, right? What bad news for somebody? Did you hear he got kicked out of school? Did you hear he's not getting the promotion? Did you hear she's losing the house, right? Just bad news for somebody. And so, is it bad news? Everybody say, behind someone's back. This is when I get hurt by John and I go and talk with Mike about it, right? Instead of talking with John. That's the biblical way to do it, right? And by the way, we don't have to talk about everything. There are things that we can let go. There are things we can say, you know what, that did hurt but I'd be all right. I can heal. God can heal me. And I don't think that this is something I have to make a big thing over. But then there are things we absolutely have to talk to John about. But we don't go and talk with Mike and everybody else about it. And that's the behind the back part, right? You think so-and-so isn't doing a good job. And so you go and again, you rally your little silo against them. Or there's that couple that's been dating forever and they broke up and everybody's got information, right? Oh, he broke up with her because he wants to date the new girl that transferred from the other school. And she broke up with him because he's got commitment issues. And it's like, relax, they're in third grade. Like, it's okay, you know what I mean? We don't need the drama right now, right? Amy Carmichael was a famous missionary to India, and she had a whole bunch of people that helped and served with her. And she had a rule for managing conflict, and this is what it is, never about, always to. Never about, always to. In other words, never talk about it or about someone, but I'm gonna always talk to them. Everybody say, never about, always to. I think that's an amazing way for you and I to handle conflict. And again, it's the the biblical way. And some of you are saying, well, can I ever talk with anybody else except the person about it? Well, we'll get there in just a minute. Everybody say bad heart. It's coming out of a bad heart. It's just, I'm angry. I'm hurt. I'm jealous. You have what I don't have. You did this thing that was so against me, and I'm hurt. 
And so now I'm just going to talk really badly about you. And again, with social media, it introduces a whole other platform, right, where we can talk badly about people. We can share bad things. We can share embarrassing things. We can humiliate people openly. And it just all leads to death of one thing or another. And so I hope today you're encouraged to use your mouth to speak life, right? That you and I would begin to say, I don't want to spread death through gossip. I want to bring life. And next week, we're really going to talk about the bring life side of stuff. We're really going to jump into what does it look like to bring life? How do we bring life? What does it look like to be a reconciler, to be a peacemaker, to be someone who jumps in and cares for others? And again, next week's message especially, I didn't expect it to go in the direction that it's going to go. I didn't expect for us to come around the story that we're going to look at because it's never, not, not the kind of story I would have naturally thought of when I thought about being someone who speaks life. But we're going to see what it is to not just build up and not just to encourage, which we've talked about a ton here at church, but what does it look like to, to set the record straight for somebody? To, to be someone who champions truth on somebody else's behalf. To, to be someone who brings two groups of people together instead of drives them apart. And the outcome of what happens when these two groups come together where there was a misunderstanding was phenomenal. You are, I'll, I'll say this, and I'm not overstating this. We'll get more into it next week. But you and I know about Jesus today here in 2022 because somebody brought two groups together. So we're going to dive into that next week. I want to give you guys some action steps here, okay? So use that common knowledge of that common wording, bad news behind someone's back, bad heart. Memorize it. It starts with B, all three of them. Come on, preacher's dream here. Let's go. Bad news behind someone's back, bad heart. Keep it in your heart and mind. Us as a staff and us as a church, we now have this amazing tool because in the past, it would be like, oh, I don't want to say anything. Was that gossip, wasn't it? Well, now we know what gossip is very clearly. And, oh, but, but if I bring it up, and I don't want to tell them they shouldn't be gossiping. But now, it becomes so simple. You know, that, that was behind their back. Well, that's easy. That's a lot easier to understand than, oh, that was gossip. Gossip just sounds like this, again, nailing jello against the wall. How do, I, how do I get it under control, right? But, oh, that was behind their back. Oh, yeah, you're right. Oh, well, that was bad news. I need to know that. Yeah, that, that was bad news. Well, it sounds like you got a bad heart. It sounds like this is coming out of some deep hurt, right? So suddenly we have common language that we all know that's very clear and can help us understand and navigate situations like this. I would take this to your office, take this to your home, take this to your marriage, take this to your dating relationship, take this to your school, your sports team, your band. Bands always fight, you know, right? Get it in your band. I know you're all in bands. Don't, don't, you can't hide that from me. Can, can I ever say anything to anybody else? right? If it's never about always two, how do I handle if I need like some, just some perspective? Like sometimes it's even like, is this stupid? You know, like, like, is this a big enough deal for me to even care about and, and, and make an issue out of? Sometimes we just need someone to help us see it. Or sometimes, honestly, we're just so hurt. We need somebody to pray for us and to help us do the right thing, right? And so is it ever okay to talk to somebody else about it? I think it is, but please be so careful who it is, okay? Who should it be? Probably like a spouse, um, a parent, a coach, a pastor, a counselor, right? Someone who is going to have your back. Notice I said someone, some one, one, right? Not some party, some, some room full, some chat room full, right? No, one person, because we don't need a whole silo of people. We don't need a whole department. We don't need the whole team on our side. We're just one person, because if our heart is reconciliation, which it should be, that's what God's done for us, then it's one person that can help me see this clearly, who loves Jesus, who loves me, 
and who's going to help me do the right thing, not just sit around and talk badly about this person, right? So choose that person carefully. I think you can even talk about situations without details and names. Hey, this is what happened. This person hurt me in this way. What, what, what do you think I should do, right? It doesn't have to become, here, here's, here's their picture, right? Like, here's, here's what they look like, okay? Their address is, right? Missile coordinates, right? Like, like that's not what we need, right? We just... I need to know what to do and how to handle this in a godly way. You can talk to somebody who, who lives far away, doesn't even know anybody. Like, this literally happened to me recently. I was trying to help some people work through something, and, and, and one of the people in the room said, everybody that needs to know about this is here. The only person that's not here that I talk to lives in, like, Kansas or something like that. And it was a pastor friend, and they said no names and no details except here's kind of what we're working through. What would your advice be? I want to handle this the way God wants me to handle it, right? So powerful. So use this common language. Bad news, behind someone's back, bad heart. Let's use it as a church family. Let's work through stuff, identify stuff, deal with stuff, heal and move on. Right? God has so much for us together. Stop speaking gossip. Straight up, I'll just say it that simply. Let's just stop speaking bad news behind someone's back with a bad heart. Let's just stop it. I was texting a couple of my pastor friends about the topic for this series recently, and I told them that if it was cheap enough, I was going to make a shirt for everybody. Okay, we, it's expensive to print shirts, but my shirt would have said to you guys and to me, to all of us, and we would have just worn it every Sunday for the rest of our lives. Okay, and the shirt would have said, if it ain't your place, shut your face. And that would have been that, that simple. Is that okay with everybody? All right. If it's not your place to say something, just keep it quiet. Right. It's that simple. We could just sum up the message with those five, six words right there and I'll wear a t-shirt. Stop listening to gossip. Right. Stop listening to gossip. Be Someone that honors God enough and honors the person that's being talked about enough to, to stop that person. And listen, that's hard. That is hard, man. That's probably one of the hardest things you have to do when it comes to this gossip thing. It's easier to shut your own mouth than, than to shut somebody else's, obviously. But you know what will happen over time as you become that person? The person whose mouth you shut, who might be angry and offended you at first, will go, wow, well, I, I know that's somebody I could trust. I know that's somebody who would have my back. I know that's somebody who, if somebody tried to talk bad about me, they'd shut them up. That's somebody I can trust. And so over time, you begin to see a shift in those relationships. Next week, we're gonna really jump into the speaking life side of things, but this is a matter of life and death. There'd be people here with us today if we used our words differently. There'd be people in the seats today. I could think of a whole bunch of people, man, that just walked away from our church family or walked away from Jesus completely, right? Because just the way people use their words, especially during that whole 2020, 2021 nightmare of a train wreck of everybody at each other, right? And we're on display. And the thing that's supposed to characterize us as the followers of Jesus is how we love one another. People are supposed to look at Living Word Church and go, man, I gotta be a part of that place because look at how they love one another. Look how they shut down gossip. Look how they shut your face when it ain't your place. Look at, look at how they are not afraid. They're not that chameleon. They don't change depending on the person that they're with. They want to hear the whole story, not just a side. They want to represent truth and not just a picture of what a portion that makes them comfortable is, right? Like, what a different way. You know what's amazing? Jesus lived this out, but he also was the recipient of all the bad stuff I've talked about today, right? Misinformation, false accusation, gossip, lies, and if you're not a follower of Jesus here today, I hope you see how practical the word of God is, but I also hope you hear 
that a great savior got in your place on a cross to die and to rise back from the dead and to make you his, to make you free of sin and guilt and shame and that you would know him and have a relationship with him. And he had to go through all that. I mean, the, the cross was horrific, but so was the slander and the gossip and all of the misrepresentation and all of the lies and all the horrific things that were said about him and then done to him. He was killed on the basis of lies. He was murdered on a cross on the basis of false information and false accusation. And out of great jealousy and out of some really bad hearts, right? And so he endured all that that we would know him. And so if you want to put your trust in Jesus today, I'd love to lead you in a prayer in just a minute that just begins a conversation with him as you look to him for this great gift of salvation. But Christians in the room, come on. Don't spread gossip. Don't spread gossip. Don't spread death through gossip. Speak life. Next week we'll talk more about the speaking life side of things. Let's pray together. So God, here we are today, Lord, just asking you to do some x-rays on our heart, God. It seems that we kind of collectively struggle with this. And we just ask you for help. We ask that, God, you would help us to live a different way, God, and to act a different way, God. And we want to represent you really well, God. We want people to see us and see you. We want restoration and peace. We want reconciliation within the church family here, God. We want to be a bunch of people who won't entertain the bad news behind somebody's back from a bad heart. And so help us grow in this, Lord, and unify us, and then do great things. I pray this will transform marriages. I pray this will transform relationships between parents and their kids and, and siblings and uh, schools and work environments, Jesus. Just meet us and do something new and let Living Word Church stand out in a great way. So if you're a follower of Jesus, would you just pray about this? Would you maybe ask God to just spotlight in your heart some things that need to change and maybe even just pray about which of those five you might most be struggling with right now, the spy the backstabber, the busybody, the chameleon. Just whatever it is for you, just laying it out before God. Jesus, here's why I'm doing this. Here's where it's come. It's jealousy or it's power or it's revenge or it's fear. Boredom. God, help us. If you're not a follower of Jesus and you want to put your trust in him today, love for you to pray with me now. You can just pray something like this. Jesus, thank you so much for this gift of salvation. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for getting on a cross, being crucified, being lied about and gossiped about so that I might be saved. Thank you for your grace, Jesus. Show me how real you are. In your name, amen.